Welcome to the Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Pisano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM in New Orleans. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Wednesday night segment of The Outer Realm. We are broadcasting right here on United Public Radio Network, UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 and 107.7 FM from the beautiful city of New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee who have been a part of our journey since the very beginning. So thank you, Folgers. We could not do it without you. Also, big thank you to Justin Snicker, a.k.a. Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, for his contribution of his voice, his time, and his music for the intro that you just heard. He's an award-winning composer of Halloween horror, sci-fi, and dark wave electronic music, which can be found on any of your streaming platforms. Also, big thank you, Steve McGinnis, the artist behind all of the banners and logos here at the show. Check him out on Facebook and Instagram. Also specializes in the horror genre, but does phenomenal commission pieces of all sorts, comic books, novels, you name it, he can do it. So tonight, uh, we are recording, actually, um, and I'm, I'm really hoping, Alexander, I, I, I apologize right now if I don't get this right, but um, Alexander Sheskiewicz, am I close? Close, maybe, kind of. <laughs> I have one of those weird last names, too, that people just struggle with. <laughs> and we're going to be discussing his book, Deja Vu. Has everything already been just like that? Has everything already been? I'll tell you, I've read the book, and I am. <clears throat> it left me with more questions, and it, it all made perfect sense, especially to those of us who have had a lot of deja vu. And someone recently asked me, and maybe this is something Alexander can actually answer, because we have lived simultaneous existences and we're not the first kick of the can on this planet, obviously, there are out-of-place artifacts and locations starting to surface that have been dated hundreds, if not billions, or hundreds of billions of years. Do we have deja vu? And when those deja vu moments cease to be, because a lot of people say, I haven't had deja vu in like 30 years, 20 years, five years. Is it because maybe we just came back at that point? Is it a continuation of our evolution? There's just a lot that goes on with that. But this is going to be more along the lines of the historical part of everything. And it's pretty mind-blowing. So without further ado, Alexander, Hello welcome. and welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me Um I'm, I'm, again, I have to say, uh, as I was saying earlier, the book is fantastic. And I Thank think you. for anybody who <clears throat> really has questions about it, about what is deja vu, why do we have it, this, this could be the thing that answers a lot of those, those questions. But mind you, some of them feel like riddles as well. It's just fabulous. So where I want to start, of course, is... Humble beginnings. 
we don't just fall into something this in depth. This research is fantastic. So when did you realize that something wasn't right? Let's start with guide us in. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is a very inter interesting story because it connects the just casual materialistic research when it comes to history, lost civilizations and stuff like that. But also it connects with my spiritual journey and it is very, very interesting. Okay. But I will start with just materialistic history because I yes. focus mainly on the history, on lost civilizations and stuff like that. Okay. I've been always fascinated by the history and especially by the ancient one and the more ancient the more fascinated I was yes. and actually I was always wondering because when we see ancient Egypt when we see ancient Sumer or India we see all that colors we see all that beautiful armors and all of those monuments and when we compare it to the modern like casual concrete jungle of modern cities of course yes. not all but of yes. many modern cities I was wondering are we really progressing as human beings or maybe something went wrong and actually we made a regress and actually maybe we fell down a little bit. And I was wondering, is our evolution of us and of our beings just like a linear theme? Is it mm -hmm. really only linear as it is presented by modern science, by modern media, or could mm -hmm. it be that there are some ups and there are some downs and could it be that at some point in our history we were maybe a little bit higher than now or at a very very high level of development mm -hmm. and of course i started digging not only into history but actually into many many areas of science but also i started digging into mythologies ancient texts and stuff like that mm. i was really perplexed because I saw that our ancient ancestors were telling a different story about their history than it is presented in modern scientific paradigm. Yes. So I was really baffled because why we are telling that our history was like that, like modern mm -hmm. history presenting it, whereas our ancient ancestors were telling a different story. Where is yes. the truth? Maybe, right. maybe that there is, you know, it is right. somewhere in the middle. Maybe yes. it isn't that our ancient ancestors were truly 100% right. But I was fascinated by that. And I wanted to check out if it can be that some of those ancient stories, legends and myths mm -hmm. are much more than just myths and fairy tales. Because yes. modern science is presenting those stories, the folklore, as just some, you know, imagination of those ancient ancestors. But yes. I thought that there may be some truth in them. And even in Polish, there is like a phrasal verb or something like that, because I'm from Poland. Yes. About uh, that there is always in some story or some fairy tale, there is always a grain of truth in it. Correct. So I was going <laughs> into that. But when it comes also to my journey, right, because I wrote that book actually at 17, I needed to wait a year to publish it because you cannot publish before being adult at 18 in Poland. So crazy. I waited a yeah. year. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was crazy. <laughs> so I waited a year. Then, of course, I published it in Polish. And then a year, a year later, at 19, I published it in English. I self-translated it. I hope that there 
are, oh, it's fantastic. There aren't many errors. No, no, I was able to keep up, no problem. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. Is, so yeah. I was actually interested in that topics from a very, very early age, as I mm -hmm. mentioned, from a childhood about ancient history. But then when I was in the middle high school, I actually started questioning the modern paradigm, the status quo when it comes to the vision of our most mm -hmm. remote history. Right. Because as I mentioned, I was very good at history. So I was going to some like competitions and stuff like that. Right. And for one competition, I needed to actually learn a history from those very, very remote eras like prehistory, Stone Age and stuff like that up until modern times, modern era. Mm -hmm. And at that point, when I learned a lot about that and I actually won that contest and I could go to whatever high school I wanted. Very nice. And after that, it was during the last year of middle high school, maybe like 15 or 16, something like that. I questioned myself, is it really everything we know about history? Is it really that only things to discover are some minor details about some rings of some ruler or some pharaoh, or could it be that there is much more to our history? Could mm -hmm. it be that there was actually something before, like ancient Egypt, ancient Sumer, and all yes. of those ancient civilizations? Yes. And actually, I started also learning a very interesting topic that is sometimes neglected when it comes to the when it comes to history, of course. Mm -hmm. And it was like history of science and history of the discoveries that were being made. And I saw that we were actually, we knew almost nothing like 500 years ago about our history. Yes. At that time, like 500 years ago, we thought that we came from Adam and Eve and that first civilizations were, well, we were Greece and Rome. We were that, yes. Of course, of course. But also <laughs> right. within yes. the scientific community, it was, yes. of course, only starting back then, but yes. we knew almost nothing about other civilizations. It mm -hmm. wasn't until the Napoleon and his, like, expedition to Egypt at the end of 18th century that we started rediscovering a new ancient Egypt. And before that, ancient Egypt was there, but we in the Western world, in the European world, or also then American world, like Western world, mm -hmm. we knew nothing about Egypt. There right. was some like attempts to learn about it but it was these were only attempts and we thought again that the first civilizations were ancient greece and ancient rome and then it is very interesting because it wasn't until 1840s 1840s mm -hmm. like it is 180 years ago mm -hmm. and it was that that time in the 1840s that we rediscovered ancient sumer and all of those civilizations of the middle east were totally ignoring their existence and there were plenty of mentions of Sumer, of Babylon and all of those civilizations in many of the ancient texts. Even mm -hmm. in the Bible, there is a mention that Abraham came from the Sumerian city of Ur. But there are also mentions when it comes to ancient historians and chroniclers. Mm -hmm. But we were totally ignoring those civilizations because we haven't discovered we hadn't discovered them at that time. Mm -hmm. And I wondered if it like just 200 years ago, even less, like uh, 180 years ago, we only discovered those Sumer and all of those civilizations of the Middle East. 
Could it be that nowadays we are mm -hmm. in a similar situation and there are some civilizations beneath the earth that we haven't discovered yet, oh, but they exist. <clears throat> and yes. what came to my mind were all of those tales of Atlantis, of Lemuria, Mu, or yes. of some mythical kingdom from ancient Hindu epics. And yes. I thought, why? When it comes to modern science, are we that arrogant in thinking that we know almost everything about our history mm -hmm. when just like a few hundred years ago, we knew almost nothing about the ancient history? That's and I true. thought that it could be the same situation with those mentions, that there mm -hmm. were those mentions in ancient texts and chronicles. Mm -hmm. And could it be that nowadays it is a similar situation that there are again stories of Atlantis, Mu and other, which mm -hmm. we take as only imagination of our ancestors but mm -hmm. they may be actually there so mm -hmm. that was my story but i don't know if you have any questions but i can continue because it was also connected to some like early mystical or spiritual experiences uh, that also absolutely. were going parallel with that because as i mentioned it was about like at 15 or 16 actually it started 15 but it was going and it was like a snowball effect i started digging deeper deeper reading mm -hmm. more about that but at yes. a similar age i started maybe we can call it a spiritual awakening but it was like i think also like here we've got rediscoveries in history and it was like an inner rediscovery of spirituality i feel they go hand in hand yes it was yes. like it was like a perfect timing that I, everything in my life happened to go in mm. that direction, in that particular direction. Yes. And it was at that time, also a similar time that I started and is connected to the deja vu. That's why also synchronistically, the this title deja vu has everything already been came to me because I started having plenty of the deja vus connected with my dreams. And, mm. you know, I was a total materialist and at that time you know mm -hmm. i was considering those stories and stuff like that but at that time i was just like you know maybe there is something more but i don't know maybe it's only the material world you know right. and i was like that at that time but right. then i started having experiences like dreams that were coming uh, in the real life like two or three days later after having that dream. And right. I was, wow, what is it? And I started having more and more those of those dreams that mm -hmm. I may call prophetic dreams. It right. weren't like huge events from my life or things that will change everything, like having the numbers from the lottery to win, but it <laughs> were just minor things that were really like unexplainable these mm -hmm. things were like had so small percentage of chance to happen that i was totally amazed about that and i started having more and more of those dreams and also i started remembering some dreams from a year ago or two years ago that also started to started to as I reckoned that those dreams were showing me how my life would look like and what events will, will be in a new future. And mm -hmm. I was really amazed by that. And also at that time when I was researching those ancient civilizations and prehistory, I started researching spirituality, you know, mm -hmm. mysticism and stuff like that. And it's a very interesting story because many of the skeptics are telling that it's all that spirituality is all about the belief but in my case it was 
like reverse that i started from this point of view of materialism and atheism and then mm -hmm. i started rediscovering the true spirituality that there is much more to our world than only what we see with those senses and also because of that i started being interested in topics like the illusion of our reality i also oh, yes. found that in many ancient texts there are mentions that our reality is like an illusion of the senses like the hindu maya and mm -hmm. stuff like that but not only in the hindu tradition mm -hmm. so it was there were parallel to like things in my life going on those history and science and all of those discoveries but also the like this maybe feminine feminine stuff yeah. like feminine yeah. part of my life that's, of spirituality. that's huge though in ancient cultures mm -hmm. the feminine mm -hmm. right yes it and was manifestation like, of reality Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. It was like those, you know, discoveries, research, reading. It was like the, that masculine part. And yeah. then we had like dreams, like inner work and spirituality that was that feminine part. So yes. it is a very interesting story. And I also remember that I had some like little spiritual, mystical maybe experiences at a very young age. Mm -hmm. But I remember that after that things started to happen. So right. I remembered, wait, at a very young age, I had similar stuff because I was like seeing some energies. I was very afraid of the dark when I was like two, mm. three years old. And I remember like seeing and also like hearing like psychic, like clear yes. audience yes. at a very young age. And I remember I was very like afraid because, you know, there was nothing there, but there were those like in my mind, there were but those. But it's there and you know it's there. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And all of those energies. And actually, it was also at that time, uh, like the end of the middle high school that I really experienced, I really rediscovered that I have plenty of those like spiritual gifts or spiritual mm -hmm. stuff in me. I started, you know, just I was wondering if it is real. So I just went and tried to see someone auras and what I found out like I was again astonished because I found out not that there are not only colors but also some specific things in that aura so it was very intense and it was like a shock to me that all of that happens at once and it was you know it wasn't like just some minor spiritual experience right. that we can it was like a full-on awakening yes but full, I mean that's that's like who we way. are that's that's who we are we come here with all of these abilities that I feel get suppressed mm -hmm. just with everyday life, limited knowledge, um, you know, people will tell you, well, it's what they put in the food. It's what it's, it's everything because as children, children see everything. Mm -hmm. And once you become an adult is, is when that changes a little bit. I, I, I always, I've, I've, I've always said we are really a species with amnesia. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I think that at a very young age, we are psychic and we have all of yeah. those things like our also imagination, maybe connected yes. to manifestation, maybe yes. it is manifesting a lot of times. We've mm -hmm. got all of that, but then, you know, the reality hits us. We've got here that this materialistic view of science, yes. or we may have some like like religious upbringing that is also suppressing yes, yes exactly yeah and i think true. that we are reprogramming reprogramming and mm -hmm. then we like because you know we are not that much 
conscious at a very young age. We yeah. like regain conscious, like full consciousness. Of course, we had some consciousness, but we regain like right. full consciousness, like awake consciousness at the age like of five or four or something like that. And then it all hits us that it is all like imagination. Everyone <laughs> is telling us that, yeah. that, and right. then it is suppressed. And it, right. there are very interesting like statistics from from psychology, but also from biology, that there are about every single second, 11 million of impressions and thoughts that are there every second, about like 11 million impressions and thoughts every single second that we have them. And from them, our conscious mind, the RAS, like reticular activating system or something like that, is Mm -hmm. filtering only 40 that we are conscious about and we can actually have an experiment and we can try to be conscious conscious of some like little little toe uh, right. on my leg on my foot right so mm-hmm. then we regain that consciousness but when i speak here i'm not conscious about that stuff i'm not conscious that what is behind me and stuff like that right. but every second actually to our body there all of those impressions come but we are like about 40 only 40 from that 11 million which is less than 000. it feels like our physical hinders us yes from, exactly from our, our essence which is exactly. like energy because mm-hmm. energy melts and it's just it's always moving it's so fast but we're so limited mm-hmm. here in the physical sense because i think people get confused you know with maybe what they're hearing isn't just a thought in your head Mm-hmm. It's, it could be a telepathic communication. It could be mm-hmm. this whole other dimensional stuff that's constantly happening within our time and space. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And, you know, when the focus goes, energy flows. And it is. it was found out actually by science that those 14 impressions that are conscious depend on our belief systems and depend Mm -hmm. on all of our convictions and Mm -hmm. stuff like that so if you believe in the material world that there is nothing more nothing spiritual Mm -hmm. that we are just all like you know just a mistake and you know nothing that's your existence meaning yes yes exactly then those 40 like impressions that you are conscious of every second are like that. And if you go year by year in that programming, you are just conscious of those stuff. Right. So then when you actually actually allow yourself to go for that bigger picture, to mm-hmm. allow that maybe there is something more, then you can reprogram yourself and then you can start experiencing all of those things. So right. I'm against that materialistic agenda of modern science and that's why I started mm-hmm. questioning a lot. And I right. think that there is much more to everything. Right. And you also mentioned that you, you have plenty of questions uh, after reading my book, but I am not here to give everyone all of the answers because I also do not know them. No, but it's still I part am... of your journey, but you you did yes. really, really, really well. There's a part in chapter one where you talk about natural disasters and dreams of Armageddon's. There's a theory, and you can let me know you know, mm-hmm. what your thoughts are on extraterrestrial civilizations. But there is a there is a theory through research um, for people in the field of ufology that people who have been abducted by extraterrestrials, or I, I hate the word abduction, you know, who contactees or experiencers mm-hmm. tend to have um, apocalyptic dreams. 
and they all describe the same thing. So is this a, a, a massive deja vu on just on a bigger scale? Um, and maybe it's because extraterrestrials are known people who have had contact allegedly will come back more gifted or more open, or maybe they're taught to just remember. So what are your thoughts on that? Mm -hmm. uh, it may also be, I am thinking from my own perspective, because I am really into dreams. I actually have from that, like when I was 15 or 16, I started uh, writing them down. I have like that amount of notebooks of my dreams. Right. I think that it may also symbolize something, that it may not be an actual disaster, but it may symbolize that... The current paradigm of those people was totally shattered, that everything they believed in was mm -hmm. actually destroyed, like the apocalypse, everything is destroyed. But also, I don't remember, but the word apocalypse actually like means something that revel also revelatory will happen, yes. that Correct. the end is a new beginning. So yes. it may be like a, our subconscious telling us that all of those mm -hmm. like previous beliefs were shattered. And then when we shatter those beliefs, Mm -hmm. Those like about the material world that there is nothing more than mm -hmm. we have other impressions that we are conscious of mm -hmm. other all of those things we allow all of those like extrasensory things to happen and that's why we may have af people may have after those contacts mm -hmm. may have like more extrasensory perception and more like spiritual gifts but you no know, it is like my mm -hmm. little theory but it may also no, it's, be it's a good theory because uh -huh. dream interpretation will tell you even death if you dream of death really symbolizes mm -hmm. a new beginning realistically you're just yes. shutting the door and opening another door mm -hmm. to something yes that's, that's new right yes it all depends on the dream because you know i've yes. experienced many dreams i do not have an entire theory of dreams but yes. i may say that there are there are some different dreams there are some different types of dreams mm -hmm. and like those prophetic dreams are totally different the like the surroundings are different and yes. like the this dream feels different than mm -hmm. like a normal subconscious dream because we have like subconscious dreams of those mm -hmm. things that happen and all of those things that our subconscious needs to memorize. There are also those dreams, like not mm -hmm. every dream is prophetic and not every dream is well, spiritual, but absolutely. it all depends on the dream. So mm -hmm. I don't know because I wasn't that interested in that topic. I, I don't that, know what was that, yeah. what what were those dreams of those contacts. What about like a, a dimensional bleed through because there's a belief that our mm -hmm. essence can actually split and exist simultaneously in other mm -hmm. dimensions could could we just be experiencing like like the ancient world for example could it be happening dimensionally as we speak right now can mm -hmm. we slip back and forth do we travel when we sleep are we just having remnants of maybe part of our essence mm-hmm Yes, it is very interesting and I think that it can be answered by understanding the concept, the idea of dimensions actually. Right. Because you know, yes. the first dimension is like a single line, like mm -hmm. the timeline of history, right? So if it mm -hmm. was a line, like this is like a line, so it is, mm -hmm. you know, one dimension. The second dimension is a square. So we've got 
like a plane. This is a second dimension. Mm -hmm. But and a third dimension is, of course, this depth that we experience on our everyday basis. Mm -hmm. But now think of those dimensions. If we have two dimensions and if we had some entities on that plane, mm -hmm. but there were more dimensions and those entities would be like there would be two on those piece of paper Yes. But they will be like connected to each other if it was three dimensional. Mm -hmm. You know, if it was a plane, it would be two entities on that plane on the mm -hmm. second dimension, but on the third, it would be one entity. Mm -hmm. So it may be the same with our world mm -hmm. that we here in third dimension are like different men, different people, but yeah. at the essence, at some higher dimensions. It is all one, like all yeah. Of those try to think of it like radio frequencies. Like you can only mm -hmm. listen to one radio frequency or station at a mm -hmm. time. Because I mean, I hear different frequencies all the time. Do you find yourself because I, I find when you do awaken, you do hear different mm -hmm. levels yes. of frequencies and vibrations. Because as Nikola Tesla said, it's all about frequency, vibration, mathematics. It's it's complex, but it's actually pretty simple. Mm -hmm. right yes yes yeah so i don't know some people believe we just sit with multiple dimensions like we're mm -hmm. within one space just different time and obviously different time mm -hmm. but but um okay so let's continue from your point then yes so as i mentioned Probably there are more dimensions, even physics is telling Who us knows? that there may be yeah. up to like 11, 16 dimensions in the string theory. Mm -hmm. So it isn't like only the spiritual stuff. It may it may even be logically considered that we are like simultaneously in multiple places at once. Because as I mentioned, mm -hmm. in a plane, on a on a plane, right? On the like on the ground, we can have two things, but there may be like I'm standing on this ground and there are like two legs, but it is all me, all one. So it may be also when it comes to us, when it comes to our three-dimensional reality, that in the fifth dimension, mm -hmm. actually like me and some other like essence of me living somewhere else yeah, is sure. actually the one and the same self. And maybe up to above that, entire yes. humanity is a collective. There right. were some parapsychological studies that confirmed that like the collective events, like some disasters, like 9-11 and stuff like that, were influencing the RNGs, random number generators. And mm -hmm. those random number generators, so it generates ones and zero in a totally random like number. And mm -hmm. when it comes to like lots of those numbers, it is 50-50, ones and zeros. Those right. random number generators were established in many places on our planet. And they mm -hmm. were like every day going about 50-50. But then when it came to some some like events like 9-11 or some even happy events on the entire world, mm -hmm. those random number generators like started generating more ones than zeros. And right. it was a significant number compared to like normal everyday life, like previous days, previous weeks, or even months. Mm -hmm. So it may be that even, you know, with that like empirical evidence, 
-hmm. we may confirm in the future that there is something like a collective and everything <clears throat> is on some level one. And also when it comes to like living simultaneously in a few places, we have, mm -hmm. for instance, Dr. Michael Newton, and he was like hypnotically asking people about mm -hmm. their previous lives or about their current lives, about reincarnation and stuff like that. And those people under deep hypnosis were telling him from many patients, actually, mm -hmm. it was it was seen that we are living in multiple like lives at the same time, that yes. our essence is divided into few lives because yes. if we had all of that essence in one life, we would be like... To OP, we would be like gods. And right. We to, split us to, up and just keep us sort of like this instead of like this. The, yeah. Yes. Humanity is not ready for that <laughs> no, yet. No, absolutely. Um, I, I definitely believe that, um, I mean, in the collective consciousness, I've tested that theory just in a very simple way. <clears throat> On a few occasions, I'll use a very random word like something that never gets used. One of the ones I used was like swell. Oh, that's swell. Because it's a term they used to say in the 50s. Like the generation right now, we don't go around saying, oh, that's really swell. Like we don't, you know, we just don't say things like that. I mean, younger people now just be like, what, what is that? You know, like on an average, they all have their own terminology that they use, you know, in this era. And <clears throat> within about... Honestly, within a few days, I started seeing that word pop up often, whether it would be, on, you know, if I'm reading, I don't get on social media often, but I do like to read the streams and catch up on some of friends and family. And then I just started seeing things like swell or even something like groovy, like <laughs> something really obscure. And mm -hmm. it just started showing up. Or, you know, mm -hmm. it's like sometimes you just think of something and then there it is. Mm -hmm. It just starts coming yes, up. Yes. I haven't seen this movie in, you know, 20 years. All of a sudden you start seeing little clips of, you know, or, or people talking about it. It's just, I, I do believe that somehow we are collective because we are mm -hmm. energy and what we put out there. That's why they say you have to be careful what you put out there. Words are spells. Spellcasting mm -hmm. words are spells. You have to be very careful. So, you know, if you're going to put out a bunch of negative stuff all the time, and that's what's going to come back to you. Is that mm -hmm. because of the collective? Yes, so, I th mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Yes, I think that it is all about <clears throat> energy. Like, yes. as you mentioned, that we can have negative energy, we can have positive. Yes. Once I had, like, a semi-mystical experience, and it was mm -hmm. about that. I was actually going through a forest. It was, like, late autumn, so there were plenty of leaves falling down. And I saw, because there were some people, like, walking mm -hmm. around uh, in this forest, and I saw, like, those leaves that were falling were actually behaving depending on the energy of the person. At that time, like, I saw plenty of energies about persons, right, around persons, and I saw that those leaves be actually, like, curve themselves around those energies. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't only about the people, because, you know, I all 
I, especially when I was very young, I was seeing different energies like floating just. And I saw in that forest that there were also like some orbs and some bulbs of energies. And those leaves were also falling mm -hmm. differently, like curving around them or sometimes like going, like being magnetically attracted to them. Mm -hmm. And I actually think, in my opinion, that it this is how the law of attraction and manifestation works. I think that there are plenty of gurus of manifestation that are just, you know, telling because they learned something in book or mm -hmm. tried, but, you know, do not have the exact, like, like Formula. experience. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. they are just saying because they want to be gurus, you know, there are yes. some people like that or that, or they have even belief system that is false because they want to believe in that law of attraction. I found, find plenty of people like that, but I think that the law of attraction is about the vibration, about different yes. energies attracting each other. Yes. It isn't only about, you know, the like also attraction between people. It isn't only about the looks, the physical stuff or the even mental stuff but it is about the energy and the mm -hmm. same with other stuff and mm -hmm. i think that depending on our let's say frequency um, of our aura and stuff like that it is all either attracting things like that or like pushing mm -hmm. away other things mm -hmm. and i also th i also think because you know i was very in I was very into also like mind, like, you know, but also the energies because I'm very, not only intuitive, but I would say sensitive. Yes. And I had plenty of also bad things because of those, of that sensitivity, because maybe sometimes I was too sensitive, like too feminine as a, you know, as a man. Yes. And, but I, often feel energy like in my body like different stuff and it isn't because i'm also i was also very into like human anatomy like working out yes. and stuff yeah. like that and i can differentiate between what is about my muscles or my internal organs and stuff like that and what is about the energy inside my body and mm -hmm. i oh i I've experienced that depending on our on my thoughts, that depending on my all of that stuff that is going from my mind, different energies appear or disappear in my body or are moving actually. Mm -hmm. Like if I have stubborn thoughts, I feel really stubborn also on the inside. And then it is I want to take action, but I'm too stubborn, too much into like that stubborn or sometimes maybe lazy energy. Right. And right. I feel it. And it right. also corresponds to the chakras. Yes. And I saw that depending on my like thoughts, on my ideas, on my like all of that stuff that goes from my mind, mm -hmm. different chakras are like resonating, you know. Yes. And I experienced that many times. So I think it is, it is about the frequency and it is connected to energy, that energies have different frequencies right. and some are high vibrational. So we have plenty of energy. That's why when mm -hmm. we are like on positive like vibes or high frequencies, let's say, yes. let's say yes. even like those scales, like Hawking scale and stuff like that, mm -hmm. we may feel more energetic, like at a bodily level. And, you know, I was also into like nutrition and stuff like that and i thought that maybe sometimes i have low energy because you know i haven't i didn't sleep well or i didn't eat well but actually it depended on my frequency and sometimes right. i can like supercharge myself or in the reverse like un mm -hmm. like you know 
had all of my energy sucked out. So right. it is about right. the energies. And well, frequencies. sometimes people can do that to you as well mm -hmm. without realizing, <clears throat> you know, life is, is busy and people have mm -hmm. a lot of different traumas or stress and you don't realize how you can, I mean, it's natural to see positive energy and gravitate towards it and try to grab onto it. And people have no idea that they, that they can do that to other people. So mm -hmm. that's why, especially if you're in a crowd of people as well, mm -hmm. you know, yes. so it, it's mm -hmm. really important to, to ground yourself. Yes. In a corded place, you can, I actually sometimes feel those different energies and, you know, you have to be really strong, like grounded, as you mentioned in yes. yourself, not to be like taken by those energies. And sometimes like you feel inspiration, but why you feel like so inspired mm -hmm. either because something resonates with you or that mm -hmm. person that inspires you, like a motivational speaker sometimes can motivate yes. us. It yes. is because this person is at a higher frequency. Yes. And, you know, we are coming to that, you know, like... like in gravitate towards oh, that, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like in physics, you know, depending yes. on the mass, on the, you know, amount of mass, it's, mm -hmm. the gravity is stronger. So mm -hmm. it is the same uh, with, I think, with energies and with those frequencies. Mm -hmm. And it is also connected. I don't know if you are into like some reality transurfing and some theories like that. Mm -hmm. I've read some of them and there are some even like in the very old esoteric like books and knowledge, there mm -hmm. are some like in the i don't know in the christian concept we've got like some demons that suck our energy and yes. we have also other concepts but there is this universal concept in esoterics about being taken by foreign energies yes. like no in the christianity that you that the devil is speaking that you've got the devil and the angel yes and that's right gravitate Towards. That's right. And there are plenty. There are like some, sometimes this is called pendulum, like that there are pendulums outside of you and you can get into that pendulum and then you are swinging like that pendulum. Not That's like right. you want to swing and you, not like you want to have your life, but right. like that pendulum wants, right. like that energy wants. That's and you right. can be deceived, like deceived by some guru fake mm -hmm. guru you can be this and taken into that life you can be deceived by some shiny objects you can be deceived by some political figure and stuff like that and then you are not living according to your essence your no, energy not. but no. you are living someone else's life and That's what right. you are doing you are giving them your energy because right. your potential is not fulfilled so then you're giving that like energy this other person that's and right. i think that it may be behind the reincarnation stuff i don't believe it is always like yeah. negative that we no. you 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 did wrong so you have to be punished and be like a slave in another well, sometimes it's, it's by choice too though I yes mean, of Edward course Casey, you know he mm -hmm. that's what he specialized in in, in healing mm -hmm. people through going back yes, to their exactly. past lives i i do agree with that uh completely i believe the ancient people we're well aware of that as well and dealing mm -hmm. with you know alchemy and, and any of the esoteric stuff and going into you know the ancient mystery schools and things like that just really um taking the abilities that mm -hmm. they knew they had and just elevating them and constantly mm -hmm. evolving them and i think part of that's part of where oral history came in as well don't mm -hmm. write anything down always just keep it 
you know, keep orating it. And that included a lot of this knowledge. So mm -hmm. if you have a line that dies off or you just have another generation that says, oh, those are just old tales because they're not taught to respect the oral history, um, then it just, it's gone. And we don't mm -hmm. find all that information like, you know, on petroglyphs or hieroglyphs or anything like that. That information just disappears. It's so mm -hmm. important to try and, you know, evolve yourself to that point where you can retain all of that on your own. Mm -hmm. Yes, but also actually finishing about reincarnation. Yes. Yeah, I think that sometimes it may be, as you mentioned, maybe voluntary, but maybe like semi-voluntary because maybe you didn't fulfill your potential. You wanted yes. that life to be in some way, but you Your were evolution distracted. was hindered somewhere. Mm -hmm. yes, yes, you were distracted. You <laughs> went into that life of some other people, like mm -hmm. of that ideal from social media or something like yeah. that, or of mm -hmm. some political figure or some other guru or celebrity. And that's why you may need to reincarnate again to fulfill actually like a very strong part that your soul truly mm -hmm. desire. I right. think that it may be the case. And that may be when it comes to the deja vu. And right. in the last chapter, in the almost last chapter, I think, of my book, I provide a really interesting case about repeating history. That was, it, this case was initially found by David Wilcock, also yeah, a great I, researcher I, and author. Yeah, I love him, yeah. Yes, and David Wilcock found, but also after some other researchers and astrologers, it wasn't his like right. discovery, but you know, he elaborated on it. There is a case of repeating history, of history that was repeated yes. during a zodiacal cycle of 2160 years, because there are zodiacal eras, because our Earth is moving through the galaxy, and also there is a special like different orbit of our planet because we didn't our planet not only is like turning around and not only like orbiting around our sun but also have a special movement mm -hmm. and that movement leads to having different zodiacal epochs zodiacal ages mm -hmm. and because of that every 2160 years we've got another like we've got another zodiacal sign on the horizon like 2000 years ago we had pisces and that's why jesus was associated with fish it may be it may not but i think yes. that it may be because of that and now we are speaking about the age of aquarius that's so right. every about 2160 years there is a different zodiacal age and it was very well known to our ancient ancestors they knew about the precession of the equinoxes and different zodiacal eras mm -hmm. and it is a case that during the previous cycle exactly 2160 years plus minus a few months not even a year and this is very amazing some events and those events are spanning for like 50 or 60 years even. Mm -hmm. And all of them happened 2,160 years later. The history actually repeated. The same like people led the same wars, the same like countries were invaded and the same, like it all happened in it's the a, same it's way. It's a vicious cycle. 
exactly but yeah in a different situation because back then yes. 2000 years ago it was ancient rome it were punic wars and mm -hmm. now we had like usa and its militaristic and like globalistic ambitions throughout mm -hmm. the world mm -hmm. and even the battles like the wars that were being Mm -hmm. that were started to the last century yeah happened exactly right, it's a very right. interesting case i won't elaborate on it here because yes. it's very complex as you may yeah. know i'll just get booted off youtube <laughs> yes but it shows us right. that the history repeats itself it and does. similar people similar events and it yes. may be that there was some potential like ancient romans maybe didn't fulfill it like maybe went too much ag too aggressive mm -hmm. or too negative or something like that and those people needed similar situation like also an empire so like the usa at that time and they repeat yeah. it to finish mm -hmm. their own yeah exactly that so just... the situations are different but yes. the ideas the potential is very the same and it depends on our own, own actions like karma what will happen and if we will be still in that cycle and we'll be repeating it and repeating or or maybe we will just go out from that cycle but I think, yeah, I mean, history, we're talking like like throughout thousands, hundreds of thousands of years just keeps repeating itself. I do believe everything is affiliated with the Zodiac. Even just look mm -hmm. at the time of the, the age of Taurus when you went through, you know, with mm -hmm. the Egyptians doing bull worshipping, for example, um, the ancient Greeks, same idea, you yes. know, like I, I, I can understand that because... Mm -hmm most ancient people watch the stars. So they yes. had that association. They were connected to everything. Mm -hmm. They were connected to the planet. They were connected, you know, to, to the stars, the heavens, like everything. They built their monuments and they celebrated, for example, the solstices and the equinoxes, like all of that mm -hmm. was all a very real part of who they were. And if you follow Micah Danks at all, who's been on our show a few times, he basically will, can translate any of the ancient texts and bring out all of the zodiac. He goes, everything is all in there. And it was just mm -hmm. a matter, metaphorically speaking, but this is what this meant. This is what this meant. And when you look at it that way, you're like, God, that makes so much sense, mm -hmm. you know? But why do you think, I mean, aside from, let's say, karmic or, you know, evolution of individuals who keep coming back, when you're looking at war, for example, on a, that's on a massive scale. You have leaders from, let's say, all different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. So if we're using, for example, the ancient Romans come back and maybe perhaps didn't fulfill this part of it, it's like these people would have to come back as, as just like ending up in all different parts of the world. And it's a huge undertaking, I guess, is where I'm going with it, to bring this back and try to push forward as a recreation. Mm -hmm. That's a big that's a really big thing. It goes to show you. Do we go back to that collectiveness? Mm -hmm. Yes, I think it is about those energies. Like yeah. you do not reincarnate whenever you want, but it is chosen by like divine timing. Yes. So we cannot have everything right now, but everything will happen at the yeah. right time. And you will see that it was good to you that it didn't happen a year ago because nowadays everything clicks and all of different events from your life clicks click yeah. and i think that it it is the same with those cycles that there are different energies and you know those energies did that 
those synergies resonate with different things and those things happens happen as mm -hmm. we mentioned with this law of attraction and how yes. it all manifests so yes. i think it is like that and then we have some challenges will right. we make the same mistakes as previously or will we move forward and i think it is the same with like every empire we have falls and downs of the empires and stuff like that it is you know it, we have all of we have cyclically we have cyclically like that negative karma let's say right. there will be negative events all of those events will hit us at some time but it depends on our own reaction on our own action if those mm. events will be keeping us in that karmic cycle of negativity or will we break from that cycle and i think it is like that because when it comes to that history that we repeated we had panic wars in the ancient times and then we had other wars battles and then even world war ii mm -hmm. during the modern times so mm -hmm. some decisions were be were made wrong again mm -hmm. so it depends on us because we can prevent wars we can prevent like negative stuff we can prevent genocides right. and right. it depends on our own actions will we have the ego to mm -hmm. go and fight and you know conquer the world or will we like mm -hmm. have some positive reaction to that right hmm well it's all about evolving so somewhere mm -hmm. along the yes. line that positive has to kick in or we just keep going. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about Atlantis and ancient, you know, Lemuria and, and Mu. Mm -hmm. um, where do you think Atlantis was? I know there's a lot of theories mm -hmm. with that. Um, I've been to Santorini. I have spent time there in ancient Thera. I, I you know, I, I've climbed down mm -hmm. into the mouth of a live volcano and tried to just like, okay, this, this is it, you know, try to pick up that intuitive feeling um i also really believe in freddie silva he's been on the show a couple mm -hmm. times i believe in his theory as well that it's in the azores mm -hmm. off the coast of portugal i mean there's it's a pretty big pyramid there there's yes yes you know there's there's a new yes. series coming up with antarctica what are your thoughts on mm -hmm. that Yes, I think that it wasn't like Santorinian Thera because then we have to, because Plato described in his two dialogues, Critas and Timaeus, some information about Atlantis. That well, the was eye of the Sahara. <laughs> yes, it, I, will, I will come to that, but okay. he provided us with some information. And you know, yes. Plato wasn't just a storyteller. He was clearly describing like ancient myths from Egypt. In yes. other dialogues, he's talking about the God of wisdom Thoth, and he's yeah. presenting accurate information from ancient Egyptians. Yes. And according to Plato, according to Critas and Timaeus, in which he describes Atlantis, but also the cosmology of the entire world in Timaeus, yes. but he mentions that it was Solon, a Greek lawmaker who was a really, really like high value person. He wasn't mm -hmm. like some like fraud or some fake guru. And it is mentioned that Solon went to Egypt and the priests of Sais told him about the Atlantis, this lost civilizations. They told him that Greeks are not that old, that Egyptians right. and Egyptian civilization is much older. And even yes. that statement yes. is correct when yes. we see like lists of kings, like Manetho's kings late, yes. Turin's canon, like the Palermo stone. And it's right. very interesting because we have 
like plenty of different sources of ancient Egyptian chronology. And all of yes. those sources are telling us that history of Egypt is much older. And there are they're telling us similar things about different yeah, yeah. kings and rulers. Yeah. And modern history cuts off everyone before Menes Namer, the mm -hmm. alleged first pharaoh, because before there was nothing, they were just small states. Yes. It's very interesting because the same idea is in India. We have plenty of different stories of Mahabharata that yeah. was very, very long time ago, Ramayana, or even like some Tamil epics. Or even in Mesopotamia, we've got like the Sumerians' kings list that are telling us that the history is much older. It's so like why Gilgamesh? That just sounds yeah, so much right. You know, Gilgamesh <laughs> might be <laughs> chronological. <laughs> during yeah. the chronological times, but we have mentions of yeah. some rules like 200,000 years ago. And More. we think that we know everything Yeah. while our ancient ancestors are telling us a different story. And I will come to that later. Yeah. But even yeah. that statement by Plato that the Egyptian civilization is much older is correct with plenty of evidence and plenty of actually good evidence, not just yes. like some no. apocrypha or stuff no, like that. That's right. Yeah. But... So this was the statement, and the, those priests told Solon that there was civilization of Atlantis, that it was having fights in the Mediterranean, that they were having influence over Egypt and over uh, the, it, the modern Italy and all of those lands. Mm -hmm. And they told him that, of course, the civilization was destroyed during a single night and day during a catastrophe, right. but it was also told that this civilization was beyond Beyond the Her Hercules pillars or Heracles right. pillars, yeah, so it's modern yes. Gibraltar. So yeah. we have two information here: the date nine nine thousand years before Solon, so about nine thousand six hundred years BC. But we have also a location beyond Gibraltar, somewhere on the Atlantic Ocean. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to the Santorini theory, we have to take one zero from 9,000 to 900, yes. and yeah. we have to take, like, reverse the location, not beyond Hercules pillars, but inside the Mediterranean. So yeah. I do not take that. This, this, yeah. is, this is not a scientific approach at all. You know, no, we cannot, no. like, eliminate all of that information. <laughs> they, and... they, they've got it all over the place. They've got it yes. in the Atlantic Ocean, just past the Binami Wall past mm -hmm. you know bermuda triangle mm -hmm. um to which apparently there's some pyramid there yes. as well right so i don't know i i mean i look at it's tough because it's like no ancient lemurians and and they connect mm -hmm. all of that as well but i mean i see them in, in south america somewhere <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I, which i don't see atlantis i don't know the eye of the sahara is is i mean when you they describe everything it's mm -hmm. it's pretty accurate, but again, you have your naysayers that are like it cannot possibly be. It's just it should be mm -hmm. north northwest more, mm -hmm. you know. So I don't mm -hmm. know. It may be that, you know, the Atlantis was a civilization and it would be more correct with like a psychic statement of Edgar Cayce and other sources. We have some yes. psychic sources yes. that it was a civilization and maybe the Eye of the Saqqara, which has also those concentric rings that are similar yes. to places description even when it comes to the yes. Dimeter, it yes. may be that it was just a single city of Atlantis and you know another city was nearby the Azores or yeah. maybe one nearby the several Benini. cities yes exactly it may be but you See, know that all would of... make sense to me 
That mm -hmm. would make sense to me also. All of those locations would be correct with Plato and would be correct with the date also, not only the location. Because okay. when we think of the Eye of the Saqqara, it is like nearby that, you know, yes. uh, the Gibraltar. But it may be that, you know, you go through the Gibraltar into the open ocean and then, you know, you go through the coast go of down. Africa and you yeah. go down. So it may also be like that. Right. When it comes to the Azores, there is also a theory of nearby because nearby Azores, there is, I don't know how it is in English because I you know was learning yeah. geography in Polish, but it is like there are two tectonic plates. And yeah. one is being like subdued beneath the other. So it may be that if the Atlantis and Atlantis, according to Plato, was a very mountainous region, That's one right. of the highest regions in the world. So if it was like mountainous, it may be that it was like on the edge of those plates yes. and they those plates hit each other and then made like some island, mountainous island yes. of Atlantis. And then it may be that you know, that island was subdued beneath and that could lead to those like single day and night of cataclysm. It mm -hmm. may it may have led to that because, you know, those events are sometimes very, very rapid. Or oh, it may absolutely. be, you know, exaggeration. Maybe the Atlantis sank in like a few days or a few months, something like that. I, I think everything, there's so much that's pre-Ice Age that mm -hmm. disappeared beneath the waves rather yes. rapidly. I mean, if you look in northern North America, they found a Stonehenge in one of the Great Lakes of Michigan. Mm -hmm. yes. So there's... There's tunnels apparently all over, like on this planet, which basically show they go from the different various continents. Mm -hmm. Somebody built these things and they believe a lot of the ancient people would travel through. And when I say tunnels, I mean, think immense, like mm -hmm. huge underground tunnels, um, you know, that you could fit like a 747 through, like huge be a huge undertaking they have photos mm -hmm. of these things and i'm you know and and right now i guess archaeologists and science is trying to look at this and say how is this possible but the continents connect mm -hmm. so i don't know it's a curiosity that to me yes just gets my brain going you know because yes, it, sure it would connect a lot of dots wouldn't it Yes, it's not only about the connection of those underground tunnels, but also about the idea of ley lines. We have ley some line. megalithic or sites or pyramids or even temples yes. around the world yes. that are connected to each other by yes. the latitude and longitude. That's of right. course, we do not have like an entire megalithic like grid because we have plenty of oceans and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. many of the places are really connected by those ley lines. I do mm -hmm. not remember, of course, all of the latitudes and longitudes, but there are plenty of stuff. And even in the 19th century, there was Charles Piazza Smith who investigated the Great Pyramid and he proposed that the prime meridian should not go through Greenwich like it is today, like mm -hmm. the zero degrees, right. but it should go through the Great Pyramid of Giza because then plenty of ancient cities and of course modern cities were built on the ancient ones would be on very nice like numerically speaking locations like 20, 13, 15. Yeah. 
screen and not like 38.6 points, you know right. <laughs> what I mean. Huh. So he proposed that and he actually found out that the Great Pyramids is located in the center of the landmass of the Earth. And there are some more recent discoveries, like, you know, we can use computers and stuff like that, yes. that are pointing that it is not the Great Pyramid at the center of the Earth landmass. And it means that if we get like lines like mm -hmm. plus all over the world that connect all over the world like you know those mm -hmm. lines like those right. lines and yeah. thor at cross like from those corners of the pyramid those lines would actually go through the biggest landmass that is possible on our planet and i think that that is still the case because i researched the newer ones that were taking that to turkey but they used a different technique modern technique that was seeing land not from those eight corners of the pyramid because right. we know that the pyramid isn't like a square but it has some concave it has like some concavity in it yes but you know i think that it is still the case because they used like circles around turkey to provide that there is the biggest landmass but the pyramid we see the pyramid the great pyramid of giza as just you know square base but actually during the i think it is spring equinox we can yes. see that it has not four sides but eight sides and mm -hmm. is it a coincidence that charles piazza smith proposed that this landmass is by connecting eight lines and i think that he That's didn't know that at that time that it has like eight sides not four so yeah. it was a very interesting and I also yes. research, I, I will write about it in la my later books or some blogs or stuff like that about the ancient and prehistoric measures of the Earth. Because in the Great Pyramid, there are encoded dimensions of the Earth. And even in the metrological systems of ancient yes. people, yes. there are those dimensions. So it is a really vast knowledge well, that connects geography and astronomy. I think I agree I agree with you. I think you have you have to love all this stuff because it's what our entire existence is made up of. I believe that the ancients knew where all of these places crossed. I believe that's why they built ancient monuments in all of these places. And the church came along and built over top of mm -hmm. these monuments. This is, you know, that's what that's what that's mm -hmm. what conquerors do eventually, or the next the next generation of people come in and they they you know evolve on on top of that mm -hmm. um i know they just found um they did some deforestation in brazil i believe it is mm -hmm. and they just found a whole bunch more monoliths yes so yes. i i love that the earth is giving up her secrets and that you know with technology we are finding more and more of these amazing places because mm -hmm. in knowing that the ancient people built over top of these places these power spots um, you know, where I do believe you can cross dimensionally or interdimensionally. Mm -hmm. um, I think that will help, you know, we as this generation um, explore more about mm -hmm. our past and where these places are and what, what these people were about. Mm -hmm. Yes. And when it comes to, like you mentioned, that at those places, there are maybe some like portals and yes. stuff like that Agreed. it may Star also Gates be connected yes. to the interior of our planet 
because yes. there are some theories that go back to like USSR and mm -hmm. Russian scientists about mm -hmm. the crystal interior of our planet. Yes. And they actually connected the idea of those megalithic connections of those ley lines yes. or Lung Mei, as they were called dragon paths in China. They mm -hmm. connected that with the idea that the Earth's core isn't like a ball, but it is actually a like a dodic crystal crystal dodecahedron icosahedron yes. yes and it is very interesting i think i described it in chapter like seven eight or nine something like that by the like three-thirds of my book that right. even plato in one of his dialogues phaedrus is telling us that the earth where we zoom out and see it from above is like a 12-sided ball. And 12-sided ball is known as a platonic solid dodecahedron. <laughs> there are 12 pentag pentagons on each side. Yes. It is one of those platonic solids that each side has the same like length and it is the same, like 12 <laughs> exact pentagons into a ball. Like, yeah. you know, that... Yes. Like tetrahedron. So even Plato is telling us that. And so how he knows that? Maybe right. he had some spiritual connection with that. Or maybe he had some ancient information about those lines and about the Earth's grid. And right. it may sound like just like a fictitious theory, like science fiction. But actually, we have some evidence that some of the bodies in our solar system, like planets or even moons mm -hmm. of planets, are based on the platonic solids. And the platonic solids, as I mentioned, is like tetrahedron, dodecahedron, icosahedron, yeah. those like polyhedra that have the same, like, you know, the same side. Like the side is from triangles and all those triangles are exactly the same and it's like a figure a three-dimensional mm -hmm. figure and there are some evidence that some moons have some have some like polyhedra inside of them like tetrahedra or stuff like that mm -hmm. and even i think it was jupiter we know by the winds on the jupiter because it is gaseous planet so we see those like gases that are moving we may assume that the interior of jupiter isn't like some ball mm -hmm. or there is no like interior mm -hmm. only gas but it may be that the interior is a crystal in i think like hexagonal Yes. shape i describe yeah. it in book i don't remember everything right now all of those you know mathematical no, it's hard. Stuff. information overload i know yes yes it was long ago but you right. know if we have some evidence that some bodies in our solar system are based on like geometrical figures why, why not would it our not be planet? like that for us yeah. Yes, exactly. And it may be why in some places, like in some temples located on those ley lines or in the pyramids, we have some mm -hmm. frequencies. Like, as you mentioned, Ferdi Silva, Ferdi Silva in one of his books or in, few, in a few of his books mentioned that temples, when we see how they are tuned, are tuned to some specific frequencies that exactly. enable us to lower our brain frequencies and achieve like more mystical experiences mm -hmm. because you know the deeper we are in the brain waves the more like mystical the more mm -hmm. subconscious we become so mm -hmm. it may be that it was all on purpose and it may be this not only acoustically designed but also it is about like this crystal inside of our planet and you know mm -hmm. the points of that crystal if it was like a giant triangle mm -hmm. the points on the points there would be some 
some gravity gravitational anomalies and the gra mm -hmm. gravity magnetism and stuff like that would be different than on this side because mm -hmm. those corners would be much higher up than the side so it may be because of that and it may be that some like places like alaska the alaskan triangle the bermuda triangle are on some like specific locations mm -hmm. that are connected to this crystal interior of our planet i i agree with you 100 and i probably have all of freddie's books he's like i said he's been on the show a couple times he's brilliant and he's a very good researcher Yes. So when he puts something out there, it's like, yeah, see, I'm with Freddie on that. <laughs> but mm -hmm. but um, I also believe that, again, you know, our ancient people knew this, but but I don't think people understand just how far back civilization on this planet goes. Mm -hmm. There have been mines and locations found throughout the world, out-of-place artifacts that go back like 300 million plus years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of the mines that have been found are very, very sophisticated. And there's just, there's just no way, there's just no way that for us to, to now try to dismiss a lot of this due to conditioning or due to the fact that maybe they're finding the powers that be, academia, so to mm -hmm. speak, maybe finding advanced technology that, you know, obviously is on a need-to-know basis, and they don't feel the common public needs to know. I find that, um, you know, things are surfacing, and we're just not yes. meant to know it, and, and we may never know it. Mm -hmm. But people are finding, like, I mean, you know, there's a lot of really smart people out there. People are finding these portals. People are finding, they're going, they're visiting these ancient places. You know, and do I do I believe that portals are, are taking you, you know, to let's say a, a middle or, or inner earth, getting you closer to that crystal? I don't know. It's a theory. Everything is just a you know hypothesis at this point, unless you have the the ability to get there. But there are people who have just traveled and come back. You know, they. I mean, I know two people who walk around their house, and they hear their family. There's nobody there. Mm -hmm. they they have no idea where they are yes. they have missing time they counterclock back around their house their family's like you've been gone for two hours me was like i've been gone for five minutes he could hear their family but he they're in this time and space they're just mm -hmm. gone so there's definitely something going on and i i absolutely believe that that ley lines which are nicknamed highway of the dead which a lot of people don't know either in the paranormal world because energy can just swoop on hitch a ride and and just go it's mm -hmm. believed that you know extraterrestrial crafts do the same thing they yes. just travel right through through these lines mm -hmm. so why do you think it's so hard for people to just look at the obvious see it we live in an amazing planet an amazing place where we're, we come here with amazing abilities and yet we're just like a hamster on a wheel. Like you say, we just can't seem to evolve ourselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're a hundred years, you know, our, our, our governments and, and militaries are probably a good hundred years ahead with technology, but on an average, we as a species should be way further ahead than where we are. Mm -hmm. in, in every aspect of everything you've discussed. 
Yes, you know, our modern cars, you know, despite those all those electric <laughs> or hydrogen, but you know, mm. our cars, our trains and stuff like that is mostly based on the cars that were a hundred years ago. But yeah. when it comes to other areas of technology like smartphones or even PCs, all of that is like on a very on a much higher level. And this, you know, like a conspiracy theories. It well, is it's also something's tracking. wrong here. If you want to track your 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 people, this is the best way to track them and mm -hmm. keep track of all personal information. It's a genius if you think about mm -hmm. it. But, yes. But let's go back to the book of Enoch, mm -hmm. where he was he said the angels showed him literally everything within the palm of their hand. Like it would look mm -hmm. like this to me. Yes, exactly. It's very interesting. I think that Enoch is the same person as Toth and the same person as Hermes of the Greeks. Because right. when it comes to Toth, he is also mentioned to be like the scribe of the gods. And, you know, Enoch was the scribe. He was taken like to Metatron. heaven. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But also, you know, Enoch learned about astronomy. He learned yes. about different stuff. Yes. You know, it was like a man of knowledge. And who was Toth? Toth was God of Wisdom. And he was to introduce all of the sciences, early sciences to ancient Egypt. There are plenty of connections between two of those people. Also, there is a connection to another God, Cadmus. It may be that it is the same person like Enoch, Toth, Hermes and Cadmus that are, you know, in different cultures because, you know, we have different yes. languages, different sure. names, but it is the same story <clears throat> that is very similar. Mm -hmm. So it may be like that. But also Enoch was very into astronomy. In the book of Enoch, there are a few book of Enochs, but yes. I don't, I'm not that into, you know, the specifics, yes, but at least in the one book of Enoch, there are very specific mentions of astronomical details. Yes. And, you know, our ancient ancestors were really into astronomy, were ast actually like astronomical fanatics. And, you know, Toth was also mentioned to be like the measure of the earth. There is one of his like subnames that Toth is the measure of the earth, that he measures the sky, that Toth is concerned with the movement of the planets and all of the stars. So there are some like, not direct, but indirect similarities to the two of those people. Yes. And we have here an advanced astronomical and geographical knowledge, because in the Book of Enoch, there are described the celestial bodies and how they move. And our ancient ancestors also knew about like some advanced astronomical concepts like the previously mentioned pr precession mm -hmm. of the equinoxes, those yes. zodiacal epochs. They yes. also knew about plenty of other stuff. So yes. we have some advanced knowledge. And also, as I mentioned, I later investigated the ancient or even prehistorical measures of the Earth. And this knowledge, not only about the stars and the heavens, but also about exact dimensions of our planet and also its movement and its place in the solar system and in the universe so right. it is a lot of stuff i won't go into details yes. here but yes. it's a lot of stuff that is connected to all of those mythology and all of those like heroes of the ancient times that were connected <laughs> to astronomy mm -hmm. and all of that information is encoded for instance in the pyramids or in ancient texts as you mentioned other people on 
on your uh, like podcast that are telling you about those connections to the procession and zodiacal ages. It is mm -hmm. all encoded. And another thing about Toth and Enoch is that Toth, according to Urban Chroniclers, was supposed to encode all of the information in the Great Pyramid because there was to be a great deluge, a great cataclysm. So here we find the dimensions of the Earth and the knowledge about our planet <coughs> in the Great Pyramid of Giza. And mm -hmm. we have even a legend, a story, ancient story about Toth encoding that knowledge in the Great Pyramid of Giza. So mm -hmm. we have plenty of coincidences and we see that that knowledge existed. It was mm -hmm. about the astronomy, but also geography. And yes. then we have like anomalous maps like the Pyrrhus map, Oran's Finesse map, mm -hmm. Mercator map, and plenty of other maps. Mm -hmm. Like Graham Hancock, I, I think, found about 20 or 30 of them that are showing different parts of the globe yes. before the end of the Ice Age. Yeah. before the 10,000 BC, before the fall of Atlantis. Yes. I think that it isn't coincidental. Mm -hmm. And also in my book, I found some other mentions from different parts of the globe that are pointing to a very similar date to Plato's Atlantis. Even right. like in the Tamil Nation, there is a mention of previous Sangams that is only 100 years after the destruction of Plato's Atlantis. So I think that it isn't a coincidence and it all points out to the end of the last ice age which was very mysterious mm -hmm. and which may be really catastrophic even nowadays in the mainstream there are theories like younger dryas impact hypothesis about that catastrophe at the end of the last ice age which coincides with the fall of atlantis right which would make complete sense and mm -hmm. it would yes. um, coincide with a lot of a lot of even the continents that have gone missing. Yes. And I think... Even with, mm -hmm. No, go ahead. Yes, even I think with the Eye of Sahara, because for instance, about like eight, 9,000 years BC, the Mediterranean Ocean wasn't, uh, the Mediterranean Sea wasn't a sea, but there were more lands in it. And also the Sahara was much more greenish and there were plenty like of rains and stuff like that. And we have even the water erosion around the Great Sphinx at Giza. So mm -hmm. to me point that it is much older, but also when it comes comes to the eye of Sahara who knows if at that time it wasn't a desert but maybe some like you know site like modern like modern let's say Greece or modern Mediterranean region I think that it may be the case that at that mm. time Sahara wasn't a desert and we have some geological uh, evidence for that but not many but some there are some there are images of ships, old ships in the desert, and they're trying to figure out. I mean, okay, nothing mm -hmm. I suppose a, a good tsunami couldn't take care of, but some of them are, are pretty far inland. Mm -hmm. Yes, you know? exactly. So, you know, there were plenty of changes when it comes to our geology, mm -hmm. when it comes to even like scientific data from about mm -hmm. 20,000 years BC up until now, like 120 meters of sea levels rose up, 120 mm -hmm. meters. Like, right. so let's say that during the cataclysms or series of cataclysms at the end of the last ice age, it was like rapid. And maybe, you know, Atlantis 
or some other continents didn't sunk in a day and a night, but it may be that during a single like lifetime of a person, they saw where they were small, that mm -hmm. there was like a city or a civilization, and then 30 years later, it is all gone. And even Plato is telling us that the site of Atlantis at his time, so in mm -hmm. the ancient times of Greece, like 300, 400 years BC, mm -hmm. wasn't navigable, and that it was very muddy, that there were like all of that stuff from Atlantis like went up. And mm -hmm. that all of that sea wasn't to be, you, you couldn't go through that because it was mud and it was all of the stuff from Atlantis. So mm -hmm. it may be that it was really the case. We see that the water levels were really rising a lot. We see mm -hmm. that some places that are now like Sahara were previously very green. We mm -hmm. see that other places that are now green before were inhospitable. So there were a lot of changes when it comes to the end of the last ice age. Right, right. I agree. Um, let's talk about pyramids. Um why? Why pyramids? They're everywhere. They're all over the world. Many different cultures were building these amazing mm -hmm. structures. Like I, I know you know. A lot of people don't mm -hmm. know. So I would like. So let's, yes. let's enlighten people. So of course, all of the debunkers and skeptics will say that it is <laughs> that there are pyramids all over the world because this is a simplest thing to build. Because if you want something high, you know, if you build a tower that has straight <laughs> edges, straight walls, it would mm -hmm. be, it would very easily collapse and it would be much harder to build with primitive tools. So mm -hmm. what is logical is just, you know, as when you get like some sand or some gravel, it goes into a cone or a pyramid. So the bankers and skeptics will say that it is natural to build pyramids because it is much easier mm -hmm. and they are not collapsing that much because they go like that. But, you know, there are much more similarities than only the shape of the pyramid. Right. Because, uh, you know, in, I think, the sixth chapter of my book, I not only show you, like, a single coincidence and similarity between many of the permits from totally different continents but mm -hmm. i show you much more of them because for instance we've got the three like most famous pyramids of giza like yeah. the pyramids of kufu kafra yeah. menkaure yes it's pretty impressive <laughs> I haven't been to them, but they look very impressive. Right. And we have also the same alignment, which may be to the Orion belt, which was actually very important when it comes to the ancient Egyptian mythology, because it was believed that the soul or your part essence, because there, it was much more complicated. There were a few like things, there was Kaaba, but a part of you after your death, and after you were put in the pyramid, went straight to the <coughs> Orion belt, which mm -hmm. consists of three stars aligned exactly the same as the pyramids in Giza. Mm -hmm. So it isn't a coincidence, um, most probably, of course. And then we have the same alignment in Mexico, in Teotihuacan, mm -hmm. three pyramids. Again, the same alignment to the Orion belt. Mm -hmm. And again, when it comes to that alignment, we can say that, you know, these are three pyramids, so... They were placed right. randomly. But right. 
even the same like sizes of those pyramids are placed according uh, to the Giza plan. So the right. same plan for the Orion at Giza and the same plan in Teotihuacan in Mexico. It's also very interesting because we do not know much about the beliefs of the people of Teotihuacan, but we know, for instance, about very similar beliefs of Native Americans to ancient Egyptians. They also believe that at the Orion belt, there was some kind of portal and you was going down there after your death or after out-of-body experience. Mm. So it may be that it is under connection, but we do not know much about the beliefs of ancient people of ancient Mexico, but they, you know, mm -hmm. are very close to the Native Americans. So it may be the case. Mm -hmm. But then we have another thing because the base of the Great Pyramid of Giza, the biggest one, is the same as the base of the biggest pyramid of the sun at Teotihuacan. And I think that it is beyond <laughs> a coincidence because we have, you know, two different variables here. It isn't right. like, you know, one random thing and one random thing. We have two variables here. Right. And also we have the pyramids in Xi'an in China, which mm -hmm. are also place free like the Orion <laughs> Belt. And, you know, mm -hmm. here we've got Mexico, here we've got Egypt, and here we've got right. China. And right. some even people say that those three, three sites are also aligned to the Orion, like Mexico, mm -hmm. like Egypt in the middle, and then China a little bit above. So it right. may be another thing, but I don't think it is that precise as the alignment of the pyramids themselves. Right. So you have plenty of those similarities that are beyond a mere coincidence. I don't believe right. in that because we have different places and a few variables right. but it isn't only about the pyramids because there are also some myths and legends that are similar also from <coughs> all around the world right. i actually found when it comes to the cata catastrophe of the end of the last ice age i found myths from native americans i think it was Erika's people i think I, it is spelled Eri I, you say Erikus? Eri i don't know but you know Irokezi in Poland it is, Eureka's people of Native America, uh, right. the Scandinavian lore, and uh, the Indian Rig Veda. Also, we've got Scandinavia, America, and India, and in all those places we mm -hmm. have myths of the end of the last ice age, because in three of those legends, myths, or texts, depending on the site, mm -hmm. we have a mention of like a giant monster, giant frog, or giant dragon that mm. has all of the waters inside of him. And we have a mention of some kind of hero that is destroying by some flaming arrow or by mm. rays of sun, is destroying this monster. And from that <clears throat> monster, the mm. waters came and the great flood happens. So right. it is a very interesting story. And it may be that, you know, there was some kind of comet or asteroid that hit the earth and yes. led to the you know melting of the glaciers and the great deluge or something like that mm -hmm. so we have plenty of different similarities between <coughs> ancient cultures that were totally isolated from each mm -hmm. other right right do you think that a lot of these ancient structures um including the pyramids but there's a lot of other ancient mm -hmm. structures that have been built do you think that our ancestors were capable of moving such mm -hmm. huge stones yes it is very interesting because you know yeah. it isn't beyond a possibility that you cannot move any stone i think that 
if you want, you can move a stone, but it is about the amount of stones that were placed in a single place like the Great Pyramid of Giza yeah. that is beyond any possibility. Because right. I think that, you know, if you want, if you have plenty of people, you can move a stone. But, yes. you know, in the Great Pyramid, there are some stones that are very above the pyramid, in the upper parts of the pyramid that yes. weigh about 70 tons and that are yes. very precisely put to actually make the pyramid not fall down, not mm. make, you know, fall inside of the right. top. So, you know, it is very hard to actually have 70 ton block and move it in that way. So it is hard, but also the amount of blocks in the Great Pyramid of Giza put in 10 or 20 years, as modern historians are telling us, is, I think, beyond possibility yeah. to just go and, you know, get some people or some oxen yes. maybe and put in place in those sides. It would take you longer to build a ramp if that's the yes. theory that you're going with. Or, them. you know, you can build a ramp or you can go from, like, inside. There are some, there are sure. many but theories. It would take but... longer to build the mechanism. Yes. To, to, mm -hmm. to raise these yeah. things, mm -hmm. I would think. Yes, I even made like a mind experiment. Like imagine having all of the blocks cut and all of the blocks like mm -hmm. nearby the site in which you build the pyramid, imagine. And yeah. I, I, when you go for the calculations and the pyramid, there are about 2.3 million stone blocks. You would need to put a block every about four to nine minutes. I made mm -hmm. all the calculations in my book. So imagine, you know, having all of the stones cut in place and you have to place in the right place, of course, a block every four to nine minutes. So it is very hard, but imagine also that you have to take some time to transport the blocks and take some time to cut those blocks. That's so right. the pyramid wasn't built in 20 years. If it was built by those primitive techniques, it would right. take like 80 or 100 or even more years. It's not like you could just move these blocks either once they're in place. So if you mm -hmm. don't get it very precise in, in cutting with mm -hmm. measurements and placing, you can't just, oh, well, let's just pick this up and reposition yeah. it. Like it's very, very precise. Yes. And, and mm -hmm. some of these other pyramids throughout the world, it's, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's the same yes. idea. Mm -hmm. But in some different pyramids, like the other pyramids in Egypt, there isn't that much precision. No. Some even of those pyramids yeah. are collapsing. There's some hundreds of pyramids in Egypt. So, no, that's just one example. I mean, mm -hmm. all over the world, they're finding pyramids. I mean, the pyramid that they, they have in Russia, they believe is the actual cradle of civilization. Mm -hmm. They truly believe that was the cradle of civilization. And yet, I mean, you know... Egypt will say it was them. South Africa will say it was them. I mean, there's phenomenal, you know, these things are popping up all over the place. Mm -hmm. But but the one that fascinates me, of course, the most, and and from what I understand, um, go back to Tepe, there's 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 others, like they just found another one like it. But apparently, mm -hmm. yes, I had a researcher on this as there's like eight of these these mm -hmm. locations. The curious part about that to me is why they buried it. Mm -hmm. Yes, but, you know, I don't know much about the specifics of those sites, but who knows yeah. if they buried it intentionally or if those sites were maybe buried because there were some like floods or some, you know, mud water and it was like that. The and because of those... 
you know, waters do, yeah. that mud all came and yeah. like buried it. We don't, we do not know much about that, but it may be that it was buried intentionally. Also, it is like a, mm -hmm. a initial hypothesis that it. That That's what they think. That, yes, mm -hmm. and yes. it would be, you know, hiding the, their their technology because I can't mm -hmm. understand why they want to hide their history. Mm -hmm. Yes, or hide knowledge, like, yes. as I mentioned, the pyramid, according to the Arab chroniclers who were taking, like, the lore from the medieval Egypt, and that lore could be even ancient, we do not know, were mm -hmm. telling that the pyramid was built by a mythical king Surit, or Toth. They identified those people together about mm -hmm. 300 years before the Great Flood, because Toth had a prophetic dream that in 300 years there will be a great flood and it is very interesting because as i mentioned the modern historians are telling that the pyramid was built in between 10 to 20 years yes. but here in those legends it is mentioned that 300 years before flood so it may have taken them 100 years or even 200 years and it would right. be more realistic actually right and in those in that lore there is a mention that it was in order to hide knowledge and artifacts to for future generation in order to preserve them a similar thing to for instance a zoroastrian mention of yima who is taking seats into a bunker because there would be some kind of a catastrophe right. or like noah is taking Uh, taking animals and people into his ark. So mm -hmm. we have like an archetype or an, a type yes. of like having a catastrophe and we need to preserve knowledge. And who knows if the pyramids were to preserve knowledge inside, maybe the Gobekli Tepe was like built, but then if, you know, there was a flood, so maybe they mm -hmm. buried it in order to preserve it. To preserve it. Yeah, yes. which which would make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. um, I totally forgot where I was going next, but it was good. <laughs> Just a, a bit of a of a, of a brain moment. Um, oh, great. <laughs> we'll we'll no just problem. keep going. Yeah, we'll, it'll 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 come back to me. Um, yeah, it'll come back to me. We'll mm -hmm. we'll just we'll just continue on. Um, God, it was right there, right there, the tip. But um, okay, so <laughs> where do you want to take it? <laughs> so maybe let's go back. with the flat. Um, because we were talking about the similarities in mythologies, in ancient texts, and in the pyramids. But there are also similarities between the flat stories. And yes. these similarities yes. are huge. Yes. Because... When it comes to the most famous, like Noah's Ark, in mm -hmm. that story, we have Noah, the main hero, yes. who takes onto his ark also three of his sons, mm -hmm. his wife, and three wives of his sons, mm -hmm. of uh, three wives of his sons. So there is Noah, the main hero, and seven other people onto the right. ark, and the rest are the animals. Mm -hmm. But the same thing is, for instance, in the Hindu mythology. Right. We have here not Noah, we have Manu, also the main hero, and we have seven rishis, seven sages, but also seven people. Mm -hmm. So even numbers of people taken onto the ark are the same in all of those stories. Mm -hmm. And it may be that these stories are connected to the stories of teachers of mankind, who mm -hmm. are also 
often depicted as seven people. For instance, in the Mesopotamian lore, there are seven Apkallus, also seven sages, right. like seven rishis in India. Mm -hmm. But on the head of the seven Apkallus is a person called Oannes. And mm -hmm. that person is depicted in the fish rope. And it is mentioned that he came from water. Right. And the same depiction we can find in the Mayan mythology. And mm -hmm. in the Mayan mythology, we have Uanna, like Oannes, mm -hmm. Uanna. These are very similar. You know, mm -hmm. if you write it down, it would be, uh, it would, it would be clear that they are similar. But they mm -hmm. are similar and in Mayan mythology, Uanna means he who has his home in the water. Right. So here we've got a person in the rope of a fish, depicted mm -hmm. like a fish, half man, half fish, who comes from water and has almost the same name as in the Mayan mythology, mm -hmm. who also has his home in water. So here we've mm -hmm. got plenty of like these are not like direct and every aspect of that isn't the same but here we've got one thing that connects here we've got another and we can have like an entire map an entire big picture of mm -hmm. how it happens yeah it's interesting how all of these cultures throughout the world who we assume mm -hmm. don't connect all have the same stories um where I was going now came back to me is the ancient Sumerian kings mm -hmm. who, if you look at the ancient Sumerian king list, it goes back to 450,000 years with only like, what was it? Four, I think four kings that mm -hmm. went something like 250,000 of those years. So you're, you're either a whole other, you know, advanced species that can really master the art of longevity <laughs> or we just, you know, automatically we just had, um, we lived much longer, mm -hmm. obviously, like even Noah was said to live, what, 800 years, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And uh, was it his grandfather, Methuselah, who went even. So, um, you know, if that being the case, you could see how history and oral history would just keep playing out because we were just around so much longer. Now we can barely keep a thought in our heads. And, and I think that we maybe don't put as much emphasis on, on um, you know, ancient history, which is so important. We're just mm -hmm. in condition to believe certain things. So if history repeats itself and we've had these natural disasters, why don't we finish off with that? Do you think that we have another? Because scientists believe that there, you know, we have something cataclysmic coming. Mm -hmm. um so do you what do you think of that theory and mm -hmm. if so what yes. do you think it is it may be cyclical but also you mentioned that longevity and mm -hmm. there is now a movement like biohacking and stuff like that and also mm -hmm. scientists that yes. believe that we can live up to 300 years or 600 years if we eat properly right. and even our dna enables us to do that we right. age because our our DNA is shortening. We have right. chromosomes in our DNA and the end of those chromosomes are called telomeres. And telomeres are 
like shoelaces at the end of a shoelace we've got like a plastic or a metal yeah. that is having it together in right. order not to you know a casual shoelace would go in every direction because it is made of smaller pieces right. and the same are telomeres they are holding our dna in order for it to be preserved but those telomeres are shortening as we age Mm -hmm. And even it is, of course, only hypothesis that when those telomeres end, mm -hmm. we know that that those cells, because in every cells we've got DNA and telomeres and right. chromosomes, right. and when that telomere is like being destroyed totally, shortens uh, to the end, that like cell with that without that telomere becomes like cancer cell or is automatically destroyed mm -hmm. and scientists believe that if we had a that we, it we if we could actually make those telomeres not shorten like or even elongate right. them and we know that we can elongate those telomeres if we for instance reduce stress and stuff like that and we know that stress but eating and like some pollution from the air and water mm -hmm. can shorten those telomeres we right. know a lot about them we need to so have a if, calmer life meditation yes Yes, Everything, exactly. Proper diet. Yeah. Yes, and that's why stress or not only stress makes you age faster. And right. it's not only because of the oxidation and all of the stress mm -hmm. and hormones, but also because of the telomeres and your like cells are aging themselves, not only you as a whole, but also cells. And if we could like prolong those uh, telomeres or keep them together mm -hmm. our cells wouldn't age that much and wouldn't like become destroyed and right. we know for instance that we can have there are like stem cells that can be made into another cell and they can mm -hmm. make them younger so right. we have like some ideas of how to make such a mm -hmm. such long spans of our lives by mm -hmm. like keeping or elongating those telomeres so we right. have a dna potential for longevity for like 150 years or 200 or 300 maybe not more but mm -hmm. we have that potential but why our diets our living habits and mm -hmm. you know the way we exist makes us that those telomeres are shortening right. it's very interesting and maybe into some conspiracy theory that yes. we had some source of food in the past in those years before the flood or we were living differently that we were yes. able to keep that long spans of lives or maybe we had well, the technology to do that well we certainly didn't have things like chemtrails and and <laughs> microwaves and and things like that yeah. i mean that that do affect us in in a physical way but that's all part of technology mm -hmm. so we can't have it both ways obviously <laughs> at least not with the type of technology that um that is used you know nowadays if you want your cell phone well you're going to need those towers this is all stuff that's mm -hmm. put out into into the environment so um we're going to put up your book and as we're coming towards the end of the show uh how where can we get your book how can people communicate mm -hmm. with you Yes, my book is available on the Amazon in a lot of regions, like in Europe, Australia, UK, USA, on every Amazon, almost on every Amazon you can yeah. find it. It is Deja Vu, has everything already been. You can type my name or surname and it should pop out. And yeah. when it comes to my, like, to contact me, I have a web page. 
but you won't you won't remember it because you probably won't remember my surname. I'll make I'll make sure that it's yes. in the uh, in the show right now. Yes, I will send you a link. It is jeskevichglobal.com. And I also have like a YouTube channel and Facebook page. It is all my name and surname on YouTube. It is Alexander Jeskevich Global because I have also a Polish channel because I'm from Poland. So right. you just type my surname. I am also on Instagram on tiktok i think but i don't use that and many other social media i'll make sure that everything you've sent me gets put up in the show right up so somebody can click on it yeah i've got some i just want to make sure i've got the website and everything else and we'll make sure this way all you guys have to do is click on the link and it will take you right down alexander's contact information and where to pick up this amazing book which is just fantastic, I have to say. Thank you. Oh, I'm really okay. glad you enjoyed it. Oh, very much so. Very much so. But thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it's been really delightful, very informative. It's always nice to communicate with someone of like mind and be able to bounce ideas around and and look at different, um, you know, look at a hypothesis and really uh dissect it <laughs> so to say but um i i really hope that you write another book <laughs> i would really i have you... plenty of ideas but i don't know which one to put first <laughs> well this I think is you... the problem <laughs> i if you could write a book at 17 like this and do it in a year <clears throat> i think that you can master anything you do the research is phenomenal and I would read anything that you put out there because it is well-researched and it is really, really well put together. Thank you very much. I also really enjoyed it. It was very insightful and very like engaging conversation. Thank you. And this is what I try to make it look like. You know, it's a conversation. I don't like to just be yes. that mm-hmm. that drill sergeant and, and yes, put out all yeah. these questions. I like to give you as much time as possible to really uh, get it all out there. So thank you. Um, so everybody, obviously, we are at the end <clears throat> of our show. And I hope that you guys will enjoy it, is, listening to it as much as I enjoyed putting it together. That's for sure. Um I am, hold on, I just, I wanted to get something else out here. Where is it? Where is it? All right, look at me. I'm just having a day because it really is a day for me early. But guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Big thank you to Folgers Coffee for sponsoring the show. Uh, Thank you all for um, tuning in to the United Public Radio Network. You guys will be able to find all of these archives on over 200 different uh, streaming sites. Of course, the one that we do the best on is SoundCloud and Google Podcasts, Apple, those sort of things. So we are an FM station, remember that? So the audio archives will be the strongest. So again, big thank you to Folgers Coffee. Big thank you to Alexander. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Thank you to, to Dr. Snick. Thank you to Steve McGinnis. We appreciate you all so very much. When you guys tune in tomorrow night, please look for Mark Dawidziak, who's going to be discussing the life of Edgar Allan Poe. So this, of course, is coming right into 
uh, what they call spooky month being October. So after tonight's show, which is a nice intellectual make you think sort of show, when you're having a deja vu, think about where it's coming from. So behave. We'll see you all tomorrow evening. Good night. <laughs>